1: Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin.
2: Well, good afternoon everyone on the East Coast and good morning everyone on the West Coast. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And today my guest is Charles Raz Ingrazi president and CEO of Hoffman Institute. We're talking about how we can really look at our emotional needs, how we've adopted much of this from our parents, and how we can change negative patterns into positive patterns. We're talking about a whole course and a whole way of thinking that helps us to do this. And again, we're talking to Charles and he goes by Rick Raz Raz and Grazi, President and CEO of the Hoffman Institute we 're talking about the Hoffman process, and with him is one of their great teachers, Mary Amrita Arden and she's a process teacher for the Hoffman Institute. welcome, Raz and welcome Mary.
3: Thank it's you great, great
4: to be, to be here
2: good good all right, Raz I'm going to start with you just a general broad stroke uh, broad brush of. What the Hoffman Institute does, now I know their tagline is when you're serious about change.
3: Well, yes, and it is about personal change. And we say when you're serious about change because um, it, the process is not something we can do to you or for you, it's something that you can do for yourself. And we teach you and work with you um, step by step, very personalized but also in the context of a group so that there's that group energy. And we work with a person to affect the changes that they really want in their lives and that are most important for them. And these, of course, fall in the area of, of um, how I feel about myself, what's happening in my relationships, and, and am I making a difference in my career? Is my career working for me? So this is what we're on. And, of course, quite honestly, uh, everybody so people, experiences people a spiritual will come awakening. to
2: you because they're having issues either – in their personal life or uh their health or it could be money issues, could be work issues, um, all of the above?
3: Yep. All of those. And you know, the the basic how you know you know, in your life that it would be it, it would be good to some, have some change is if if in your life somehow when you know when the lights are closed and you really tell the truth to yourself, you don't feel like you're good enough you don't feel like you're lovable, your experience being rejected, your relationships sort of end badly, you don't have good you don't have enough self confidence, and you're not confident about your own life or you don't have faith in your own life. And those are the kinds of things that really, really make it I mean, in the Hoffman process, that stuff gets absolutely transformed and it lasts. It's not yeah. just a, a moment experience. Measured scientifically measured a year later,
2: mm. the changes
3: are even expanded.
2: And you can measure this scientifically.
3: Well, the University of California did an independent research study, three-year study, and, yeah, um, they were able to uh, measure both the tremendous reduction, dramatic reduction of what's called negative affect, scientifically mm-hmm. called negative affect, and that's depression, anxiety, hostility, and uh, uh, those are clinical terms. But, you know, depression is you don't feel good. You feel sad, you feel low. Uh, anxiety, worry, you worry a lot. Uh, hostility, you're angry a lot,
4: mm-hmm.
3: Um, mm-hmm. And, and then on the other side of that, so it's a reduction in negative affect, and then there's an increase in, in positive spirituality, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, um, mm-hmm. forgiveness, compassion, and those positive things not only change dramatically, measured a year later, they've continued to go up.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, Mary, you have been a teacher with Hoffman for how long? Uh, about 17 years now. Wow. Yeah, and you you started. You met the creator of the Hoffman process, Bob Hoffman.
5: Yes, I I was uh, I was definitely trained back in and by him back in 1991.
2: Mm-hmm. What
5: attracted you personally to this process? Well, I had actually been teaching courses for a number of years uh, about health and well-being, and you know how to how to have what you want in your life. And what I realized is that. I really didn't have enough um, self-love to use what I was teaching other people to actually have my life turn out the way I wanted. You know, there was something missing Mm. for me. And when I took the process, I knew by the third day that I wanted to teach it because it included all the important aspects. I tried to kind of do what, what, what we call a spiritual bypass, you know, it's kind of skip over the emotional uh, bits, and it doesn't work. And so I really got to see how it all fits in, that you change your thinking, you, um, you change your emotional reactivity, hmm. you find your intuitive wisdom, and that's when things can line up and actually really work. So that's why I teach it, because it includes what, what we need at, at all levels to actually um, be
2: healthy. Yeah, and when you talk about all levels, I know there's a quadrinity process. It's a four-part process. Roz, explain that.
3: Well, there are four dimensions of self. There's uh, physical body. We all recognize that. But then there's three aspects of mind. There's the emotions, the intellect, and the spirit. And those three aspects of mind, especially the intellect and the emotions, easily get out of balance with one another. In fact, our childhood produces an imbalance in that. And we, and, as our, and as our intellect kicks in, we spend a lot of time trying to figure this out and compensate for it and develop a life that will uh, help us avoid some of that early pain and, and uh, those feelings of either abandonment or rejection. And, and so the truth is that we're out of balance, and the Hoffman process reharmonizes and rebalances the entire being. So as you move, move into a more holistic experience of your life um, everything changes, and so that's that 's the you know is first off you 've got to recognize that there are these four dimensions and um, and then of course mainly what happens I would say is two things one is you're resolving deep emotional things things that you don 't even know are there i mean uh, we have a process our process includes discovering what 's what 's hidden so you, you discover that but And the other part of it is the awakening of the spiritual dimension of yourself because that's the part that really knows your path, that knows you so perfectly, knows how you connect to the world, and is a source of an infinite source of unconditional love that's just dwelling within you, waiting to be tapped.
2: Right. So so Mary, when we look at those four, which I know is spiritual, right? Emotional, mental, and physical. Yeah. Um, how would you? Let's take an example of how you would look at those four things. Let's say that, um, uh, let's say that you wanted a better job, or that you felt that uh, money was an issue, particularly in today's economy. How would you use those four to help you? Those four elements.
5: Yes, that, that's a, a really good question because if we actually try to skip over any, any one of the aspects, then um, things don't quite line up right. So let's say you want a message about what will bring more abundance into my life, you know, right. what, what, what really matters to me about the work that I do and the money that I earn. And then you would ask at an emotional level, give me a message, at an intellectual level, you know, notice what you 're telling yourself, check in with your body. What are the sensations that your body informs you that have to do with this, and then your spirit is that place of intuition and wisdom, mm-hmm. and you get the intuitive hit about what what 's next? What do I need here what What really matters to me about this? I think that's what that's what 's so exciting about this work is you really understand. You find out what matters, and then you learn the tools to let you actually experience what matters to you in your life in
2: all those important areas that you mentioned. So, um, the body, so but what if What if in that you do that exercise and you're getting a lot of negative messages? What if you're getting, well, I'm just, you know, I, I'm rusty in my work, or your body has a you know, pit in its stomach, and the intellectual is, uh, I'm not being recognized for what I do, so, and the emotions are fear. So what, what do you do with all that when you get, I mean, you may be able to identify them, but what if they start to overwhelm you? Yeah,
5: that that's a good question because one of the things that we do in the process is you, you look at what we call patterns that you learned uh, growing up, mm-hmm. and those are kind of what puts us on automatic and gets us into this kind of compulsivity, so you have The tools for clearing out patterns. However, the other part of it is that you hold your vision of what it is that, that you care about, that matters to you, that you value. And with that visioning, you know, which is a, which is a kind of powerful I am, your, your I am statements, then you're both letting go of the patterns with the tools and you're realizing that driven by your spirit, Rather than your patterns, you can
2: actually have your vision manifest mm-hmm. for you. But, Raz, don't direct. you have to clear out the old? I mean, you can't I mean, you're,
3: just. You're, you're you have to, to, you have to clear that.
2: out that negative. You have to bring that up to the surface and look at it, correct?
3: So, let me just comment on that. I mean, I would say that our natural state is to be free, open, loving, and, spon- and spontaneous. Free, open, loving, and spontaneous. Another way of saying it is that. Um, Either you're experiencing love or you're experiencing the need for love. You're either experiencing a flow in life or you're experiencing interference. So all those things that you brought up, um, sadness or whatever it might be, um, when you're looking at something, that all becomes grist for the mill. That's what we work with. Oh, you feel sadness. And then we would go back and we would, we would find out the origins of that feeling in you. Because the greatest power of the process is not that we make you stronger, but that we release your weakness. Mm-hmm. It's your weaknesses that are holding you down. Those are in the pattern. So if you're free, open, loving, and spontaneous, that's not programming. That's not any patterned way of behavior. But if you're When you're in the grip of what we call a negative love pattern, Mm -hmm. and that's when very early in life we mistook some programming, some automatic behavior in our parents. We we mistook that for love, and we emulated it. And now, unwittingly, 30 years later, we're stuck with it, and we're behaving in a way that is a a rule, an automaticity, a reaction that happens to us without our you know, uh, without our consent, it just occurs. And so when we find ourselves in those programmed ways of, you know, we feel really stuck, we feel like there's interference, we're not experiencing love, that's where the process comes in. And it helps us to, as I said, release our weakness because mm-hmm. of those programmings that are keeping us. From being
2: yeah, I want to give you an example now. of that. In fact, I just went through this this morning with a friend of mine who called me,
4: yep.
2: and she, um, she has had a pattern of picking unavailable men, but also men who uh, she thinks they really care about her, and she really feels it, and then they go away.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I listened to the whole thing again this morning, and I said to her, You know, and she's been through all kinds of training and help and therapy, yep. and she said, But I, I really didn't, I thought this was something different. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just want to know this person cared. I don't care what happens next. I just want to know. And I said, Boy, this is a, you know, you're repeating this, so it's not done yet. So that kind of reminded me of what you just said, because she really thought that she wouldn't do this again, and she was surprised.
3: Until it she resolves the negative love pattern, she will do that forever.
2: Unless, right? Unless she figures out what that is.
3: Well, she'll either do that or she'll do the opposite of it. Um, here's the point. Um, Mary will chime in here, too, but <laughs> the, the thing here is, I mean, her father was unavailable to her, and of course she wanted to know. We all want to know that Daddy loves us, but her Daddy was somehow abandoning or emotionally unavailable. And there could have been a divorce in the background. He could have been, you know, working all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, He could have been emotionally unavailable, whatever the cause is there. And she learned to relate to masculine love that way. And Mm -hmm. so that's what she's looking for. And we are all, in one way or another, you know, like uh, kind of a homing pigeon with a broken wing. And Mm -hmm. so um, we're, 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 not quite able to get back to, to that place. So her programming is to look for, is to, she will be attracted to a man, emotionally attracted to a man who feels, who doesn't look this way, but will turn in, turn out to be someone who is rejecting and abandoning and who she really wants to know that he loves her. Even if, even if the relationship doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. She wants to know that now, he cares.
2: However Haraz Mary, I want to go to you now because isn't the Hoffman process, someone like that, this is what the Hoffman process does, correct? It helps you to at least recognize that pattern so you can change it so she won't do this forever, yes?
3: Yes. It's not just recognizing it. you got to, I mean, if I, if she was here, and she and I talked for a little while already. I, I, I'm in the zone of where the problem is. Yeah, we would find out what it is exactly, and she could then she'd say, Oh, yeah, 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 and she'd understand it. That's that's not enough. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. Recognizing it is the, is the beginning, then you have to. You have that went in experientially. One needs to actually confront that on an emotional level, not just intellectually. That's the beginning point. That's the, it's like I say, that's the map, but it's not the territory.
4: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: or it's the, it's the menu. It's not the meal. The experience lies in the emotional dimension of self. And mm-hmm. that's why Hoffman is so brilliant, the mm-hmm. Hoffman process, because it understands that we learned this. This is learned material. You learned it emotionally. You have to transcend it. We sometimes say unlearn it emotionally. You have to mm-hmm. learn new things emotionally. You have to disidentify that from that stuff that we took on so deeply as children.
2: And you can do that through this process, does it? But you have to practice it, don't you, afterwards?
3: You process it in the process. <laughs> That's why we call the Hoffman process. That's mm-hmm. why it takes eight days instead of ten minutes.
5: You said practice.
2: Is that what you said? Yeah, practice yeah. it after so that it stays with you.
5: Well, it, it, it is about practicing the, the, the tools that 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 Rath just mentioned. However, there's something else that's really fundamental, which is the emptiness that we feel, the void that we feel, the need for love that wasn't met, you know, in our childhood years. Then that's really what needs to be filled, and and that's not just about uh, you know changing the habits. It's also about letting ourselves um, experience our wholeness again, our strength, our resilience. So that so that we realize, hey, I'm not broken. There's nothing to fix here.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I actually can learn to love in a healthy way. And so it is. It's it's letting go. It's changing the pattern with the tools, and it's also letting yourself fill up in a whole new way, which yeah. which uh, which actually is what gets to happen when you've cleared out a lot of the a lot of the old patterns
2: all right we're going to take a break and when we come back we're talking to and Grazi, president and ceo of the hoffman institute and mary arden who is a teacher at the hoffman institute and we're talking about how the hoffman institute founded more than forty years ago brings into awareness the counterproductive beliefs perceptions and emotional needs that have been adopted from our parents and others who shaped our early life experiences and what the hoffman process can do to give you tools to finally let go of what is not working, and then to integrate it into all dimensions of the whole self intellectual, emotional, physical, and spiritual. All right, folks, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, you're listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. News. News.
1: Opinion. News. News.
6: wielding power shaping environments and outcomes and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success in a complex world how do you decide what's most important to you in your career your relationships your finances your family in the world around you in the whole of your life at large Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel leadership intuitions power achievement relationships
2: Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And today we're talking about making real change in our life, lasting change. We are talking to Grassi, who is the president and CEO of the Hoffman Institute. The Hoffman Institute has the Hoffman Process, which was founded more than 40 years ago. It brings into awareness, the counterproductive beliefs and perceptions, and the emotional needs that we adopted from our parents and from others who shaped our early life experiences. And so we're looking at tools to finally let go of what does not work and how we can establish a framework for more loving, mature, and creative, balanced lives. And also uh, with Raz today is Mary Arden, who is a teacher at the Hoffman Institute and with the Hoffman Process. Welcome back, Raz and Mary.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Okay,
2: Raz, I'm start with you. One of the things that I know you've talked about is the whole idea of forgiveness. I know forgiveness is important because it releases, you know, the anger and the shame. And, but is that enough? Is forgiveness enough?
3: Well, for forgiveness is one of those, um, you know, everyone wants it. Everyone, I heard it once said that forgiveness is a great idea until you actually have to do it. It's really hard to forgive sometimes, Mm. but the real reason for forgiving is to is to find freedom again in your own soul and your own heart. But the important and we at Hoffman think essential element is to recognize it's not forgive and forget; it's forgive and remember. So you forgive, okay, so that you can feel the freedom in your own heart. But you remember, so you don't put yourself in that situation again. It doesn't mean that the other person has changed the person who hurt you. No, they haven't changed, most likely. So you're forgiving them. Recognize, like if a, if a dog bit you, you could be forgiving toward the dog, but you're not going to go in that yard again where that dog lives. Yes. And you, you know, you, you're just not going to put yourself in that situation again. Mm-hmm. But you know the dog was just being a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's not a great example. So the but
2: charge, you don't have that sort of charge, anger feeling. Right. That right. you had before.
3: But, you're, you're, the, the forgiveness is for yourself, so you can move on in your life. So you're not yeah. stuck in the prison of that yeah. of that incident, yeah. and you find a way to move forward. It's about that, and it's you know, forgiveness has got many many layers. It's not something you just do once, but you start yeah. with an attitude toward not forgiving totally forgiving the other person, and now everything's beautiful and all that, but releasing your attachment to it, mm-hmm. release it. Okay.
2: Mary, how do you use, how do you work with forgiveness in the Hoffman process? Well,
5: as I see it, that the forgiving is actually freedom from suffering and the stories we tell ourselves that keep us stuck in pain and hurt and anger. And so in the process, you learn um, to forgive, you know, your parents at a very deep level, but you also learn to let yourself be human. <laughs> it's like let yourself get rid of that perfectionist pattern that says, you know, I. Uh, it's like holding a grudge against ourself. So you let go of the grudges and grievances you hold against other people and yourself, and especially the ones we hold against ourselves are so debilitating. So that that's a strong, um, powerful way the process works is, Freedom from that suffering and all the stories that keep us stuck and
2: limited.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, Raz, let's talk about anger. And and uh, one of the things you've also said is that ha- anger and healing go together. How does?
3: Well, I will comment on that. I mean, we've, we've often heard the phrase that the truth shall set you free. There's a little. I like to say there's something just before that. It'll it'll set you. Yes, it'll set you free. But first, it'll make you mad, and so you have to kind of be willing to process your way through that anger, and uh, as, I, as we know, we're dealing with the uh, early childhood material, and I, I, can you hear me, by the way? I can. Oh, great. Um, in our early ch- childhood, we could neither run away from our parents, nor could we fight back, and... So we needed to, uh, but we often had anger, but we had to stuff it down. So we're not talking about becoming wildly angry in the Hoffman process. Sometimes we, re- we release through crying, too, but um, it's accessing our original feelings, and sometimes those are anger, and we have to release that. Now, in our adult lives, anger is a very positive, often very positive um, emotion because it helps us to create a boundary. When someone is invading our boundaries, we 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 know that, and um, or if we're invading someone else's, and they, they get a little angry at us, it causes us to step back and take another look. And didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
3: So anger and healing do go together. They're not mutually exclusive. Anger and love go together. And the Hoffman process is about willing, being willing to have the full range of your emotions and not have to act them out. So, Patricia, it's very different. If I say to you, um, Patricia, you know, what you just did, I, I feel angry about that. Mm-hmm. That's different than starting to yell at you. Yes. And in the Hoffman process, you learn to identify your emotions so that you can speak them uh, without having to act them out. It's actually about a reduction of anger once you mm-hmm. can identify that that's what you're feeling like.
2: And Mary, again, how does that work in the Hoffman process? Well, you know, as Russ just said,
5: it's so important that we have our full range of emotions, and so each step of the process is about, you know, connecting you at a at a real and authentic level. That's really what we're seeking: is to be seen and to be heard. So there's lots of sharing, actually, that goes on in the process mm-hmm. that helps people to be real, to be true. And to be able to hear another and have that amazing connection, this is what we long for: connection and belonging you know, and so so the process has a number of exercises, and embedded throughout the whole thing is is also sharing
2: that helps people really learn how to how to be real how to be true in life mm-hmm. well,' one of the things that um, it speaks about in the Hoffman Process is the whole concept of negative love. When is negative love? When is love negative?
3: Well, that's a great question. Ultimately, there is no such thing as negative love. Love is only and always positive. However, um, we, we we call it the negative love syndrome, and when something's called a syndrome, you you know that we're indicating there's a pathology there. And so the negative love syndrome simply means that as little children, we could not distinguish between the positive and, and, um, let's say, counterproductive or unwanted negative emotions of our parents. No parents are perfect. And um, when our parents couldn't be there for us in some way or another, we felt abandoned. Now, if they couldn't be there for us, perhaps they were having a health issue, uh, an argument with their spouse, a financial issue, whatever it was. And they were in their own negative emotions. But as little children, we felt the need to be bonded with them. We were feeling rejected by them. They weren't rejecting us necessarily, but we were feeling abandoned and rejected. And so we bonded with them in their emotion of being upset with their spouse and whatever that emotion was that they were having. And that's when we took on, at an emotional level, we took on our parents' negativity, in an attempt to get them to love us. Yeah, so, and wouldn't
2: that be similar? For example, you know, you'll hear about people who've been physically abused as children. Uh-huh. So you would think that, you know, they would not do that again, and then they turn around and they do that to their children. Right. Because that's what they learned was love. Isn't that what you're talking about?
3: Exactly. Exactly. It's a very poignant and sad um, truth you just spoke. Yeah, yeah. You'd think no, people no, would learn, believe, but they don't. But,
2: but let's go beneath that, which is the whole belief, you know, what our beliefs are. Aren't our beliefs important? You know, I believe something. I think it gets us in trouble, though, because we'll say, I believe I'm an honest person with integrity, and then we go do something. we uh-huh. not <laughs> honest, and we say, but I'm an honest person with integrity.
3: Yeah. Mary, you want to take the honor, or should I? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I, 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 what I have noticed over the years uh, is that we often carry this core negative belief about ourselves, like, I'm not enough, I'm unlovable, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm a mistake, I'm a burden. So that ends up driving all the other beliefs, and sometimes we, we take on something to compensate for how for how false we feel and how inadequate we feel. And, um, and 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 I guess what's really so hard about that is that we can try to have all kinds of positive beliefs about ourselves, but they don't actually land inside of us when we carry the negative love, uh, the negative love patterns. It's like having a shield over our heart, and mm-hmm. so someone tries to love us or appreciate us, and it, it actually can't go in. Because we're living in our false self full of all the patterns and carry that that belief about being inadequate and uh, wrong and bad.
2: Don't you think sometimes people Uh, cover that, though, by being arrogant? uh, Yes.
3: Yeah, you know, I I want to just comment on this because um, the beliefs reside in our intellect. Remember we talked about the four dimensions of self. Yes. The emotional brain is 400 times faster than the intellectual brain. And the emotional brain is sending all, 90% of the signals going into the intellectual brain are coming from the emotional brain. The emotional brain is actually controlling our behavior. It's a source of most of our behavior. The intellect is explaining, rationalizing, and justifying the behavior. You know, I felt sad, so I, so I hit you. Uh, I felt uh, angry, so I attacked you. Uh, I thought you did this, so I did that. And, it's, um, the, if you can just get that the intellect is not the source of the behavior, and you cannot change the emotions through the intellect. And the emotions will always upend your intellect. Whatever what if you you're believe intellectually. Your
2: emotions, what, if your, what if you're hiding your emotions? So you're really angry, but you don't show that. Instead, you show a, an aloofness or a coolness.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Emotionally, I know there's something going on inside you. I'm, 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 you can't hide that emotion from me. And so if you're aloof and cool, I'm not going to get close to you. And right. so the way you're protecting yourself is by being aloof and cool so people don't get too close to you, so you don't get hurt. And so you're living a life uh, where you don't have intimacy and there's no one close to you. And you, 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 you know, you're upset because you don't have love in your life. Well, that's because you're protecting yourself. Mary said it p- beautifully a few minutes ago. You protect yourself. We protect ourselves with this. We develop a strategy. I'll be aloof and cool. That way I won't get hurt. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you see a lot of that, Mary, in, in the course? I mean, a lot of people come with that issue of pro- self-protection so they won't get hurt. Oh, definitely.
5: It, um the hurt you know the hurt has become so strong inside and and yet the, the need is strong and yet the hurt is there so a lot of the of the process really is about being able to release that hurt and anger and be able to move on be able to actually get in the moment in reality you don't have to you know create a reality you have to get to what Reality really is. Reality is that, you know, our spirit is eternal, that, that all our patterns are survival patterns, and there's something deeper and richer and, and fuller and clearer and truer than that. And that that's what you get to access, you know, in the process when you, when you let go of the false limiting beliefs, which, as Raz said, are driven by the emotional brain.
2: And the emotional brain being the feeling brain. That's controlling the anger and the sadness and the hurt and the pain. Yeah. Okay, now the question I have is when people finish this eight-day process, you know, it's kind of like being in immersion, and then they go home. And they go home to people that haven't been in the process. And, you know, they've been with people now for eight days who understand them, who love them, who nurture them, who have been with them, have been comrades in all this. Then they go home to a different sort of strange land with people that speak a different language. How do you help people to reenter? Mary? Well, certainly
5: one of the most important things is that you you know, you use your tools to let you change the habits. See the eight days are amazing and remarkable, and big shifts happen, and you have old habits. So when you go back, you know, we always encourage people, have your practices that allow you to access, you know, your true self, your, um, you know, your wholeness, your strength, your, resilient, you know, your resilience. And then from that place, when things do come up, you don't go slamming back to the old, you know, to the old ways. You might, you know, be able to catch yourself and then, or maybe you, you do go into an old pattern and you apologize for that and you, you just become more real in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and the, but the practices are important for when you go back so that when something comes up, you realize, oh, that's a pattern that, you know, I need to recycle that's an old habit of mine. Okay, got it. Move on. Forgive yourself and actually step into your life. Then.
3: We and, also and offer There coaching. are also
2: processes afterwards, correct? Yeah. You can go back
3: and oh, do sure. more work.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, we are um, really big on coaching, and we have uh, coaching. I, I actually recommend that everyone have at least four or five coaching sessions over the next few months. Mm-hmm. Just to check in with your teacher again, just to get recalibrated a little bit, because the the the, the first week that eight days is an, an initiation into a new way of being, and it 's a tremendous change and it 's a wonderful welcome change. Everyone leaves feeling much more in the presence of love and it doesn 't go away as I said, measured a year later it 's expanded however it 's not it 's not you know um, just an up straight arc upward it's uh it, you 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 run into things you take two steps forward one step back three steps forward two steps back you're moving forward all the time but it's not just um you know it, you're, it, you're living life life doesn't become static just because you you learned you you did the Hoffman process no the fundamental nature of life is that it's always changing that's how you know something's alive because it's always moving and changing and so what the Hoffman process does, it allows you to move with the changes of life so that you're dancing with life rather than, you know, being a wallflower at the, at the dance of life, uh, afraid to get on the dance floor yeah. or uh, afraid if you get to dance, you're stiff now because you're, you're, you're afraid you're going to step on someone's foot or you're not going to hold them right or whatever it is. No, the point of Hoffman is to get out on the dance floor of life, dance yeah. Have fun. Rather
2: than being so fearful of being hurt or yes.
3: yeah, making a mistake. Yeah. All
2: right, All right. we're like going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Rosan Grasi, President and CEO of the Hoffman Institute, and Mary Arden, teacher at the Hoffman Institute. You can log on to hoffmaninstitute.org, hoffmaninstitute.org. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: together in conversations that make a difference right here on the voice america business channel every friday morning at 10 a.m pacific standard time
6: are you ready to go green
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com. America's voice. And today we're talking about bringing about personal change on a very, very deep level with the Hoffman process. My guest is Charles Grazi, President and CEO of the Hoffman Institute. The Hoffman Institute was founded more than 40 years ago, which brings into awareness our counterproductive beliefs and perceptions and emotional needs that we adopted from parents and other people who shaped our early life experiences. What the Hoffman Process does is gives us tools and possibilities to finally let go of what is not working for us and then to integrate all the dimensions of our whole self, which are based on four processes, or four parts of ourselves, the intellectual, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual, and give us a framework so that we can live in a more loving and mature and creative environment and be that as a person. So my guest is Charles Mangrazi, and with him is Mary Arden, who is a teacher at the Hoffman Process and Hoffman Institute. Um, welcome, Mary so. and Charles and Roz, Raz. Raz again. Raz. <laughs> calling you Raz and boy, I'll tell you, it's Raz. Very, very a big departure from the world, Charles. For Charles, that's right. Yeah, but it's sort of like in Grazi. So, anyway, oh, Raz. Like it, yeah. all right. Well, Raz, I, I want to go. Um, I want to ask you about the safety of the process because, you know, here you are, you're exposed, you're with people for a week, for eight days, you're sharing, even if you just share with a teacher or even if, you know, tears come to your eyes, you're still exposing yourself. So, talk about the, um, the safety.
3: Yeah, that's very, very important. And so, well, first off, we operate safety first. Secondly, we are our our method of working is empathic and supportive. So we're not confrontational. We're not in your face. We're standing alongside you, supporting you to face and deal with the things, the issues that have brought you there. And and um, very you get plenty of sleep every night. Three absolutely great meals served on time every day. Um, You know, you always have your keys in your pocket if you drove there. There's nobody. You know, there's no sense. it's all about your freedom and us supporting you so you have good choices you can make good choices for yourself and um, and, and lastly i want to say that there's not there's no nobody ever is exposed in front of anyone else mm-hmm. there is no uh... telling of painful or shameful or potentially humiliating or embarrassing secrets in front of the group that doesn't happen uh... at all here and so uh, you don't have to be afraid of that, and so we provide a very safe environment where personal change can actually happen.
2: Well, you also have a very um, in-depth intake process, right? Because That's you right. want to make sure that you have the right people there.
3: Right. We are looking for we, we after forty years and a lot of research. We have a pretty good idea. Um, uh, you know what is what prerequisites are necessary for success. So I'll just give you an example. Um, the Hoffman process, research shows we do a lot, um, uh, people get tremendous benefit in the area of obsessive and compulsive behavior. Now, that's a root cause of addictions. Mm-hmm. But if someone is actively using, they're using alcohol right now, they're using, uh, they're addicted to a drug, mm-hmm. this is not the place to come because you cannot change while you're using. So, we want to screen that out. We want you to go into recovery, get over using right. not a
2: recovery program.
3: no, but I 'll right. tell you what if you're in recovery and you 've stopped using successfully, and maybe it's a year or two years later, this is a this, I mean this is one of the most amazing things you can do to strengthen your sobriety, to expand it, to make it go further. Uh, i can't think of anything better you can do, but it's not for stopping to use. Mm-hmm. So that's so, just an example. So because
2: that's so clear and because you do such a strong intake program and you see you know, who's coming and what their issues are, do you have very few people that, as you said, people have their keys in their hands so they could leave at any time if they wanted to? Do some people leave during the process or very few?
3: Very, very few. Um, if, um, I mean, a couple times a year out of 1,000 people, but it's not people running off. It's uh, really a conversation with people. Mm. Sometimes people find, you know, this is a great, I can see what you're doing here. This is terrific. I'm not ready to do this right now. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I want to come back later. Mm. Um, and, uh, Mary, you can comment on that, too. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, we, 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 we we do a great job here of making sure that you're com- that you know what you're coming in for, mm-hmm. and that you're ready for it. And yeah, it can be a little scary. Yeah. You can be a little nervous, but you're you're um you you're, you made a commitment to do it, and you're ready, and you're you're, you're prepared for it.
5: Mary, yes, I, I would say that's true. That readiness is is essential. And, and and as a you know, as a teacher, we're just very respectful and want to do what really serves the person, and so if someone discovers that it doesn't serve them, you know, to be there, then that's, that's, um, that's what happens, and mm-hmm. they just come back another, you know, another time when they're more ready, so it mm-hmm. only happens, a, a, you know, a few times okay, a year. Sure.
2: Let's oh. talk about reentry, um, Mary, people yeah. going back into their families after the eight days. Okay. The, one of the most powerful
5: things that happens is that you learn, you know, what I call unconditional love with healthy boundaries so you can go back and wherever your family members are you can accept that that's where they are and learn healthy ways to communicate with them like if things need to change you can come from a place of, you know, of, of acceptance and the willingness you know, to have things change rather than having to force anybody or trying to fix anybody when you get back it, it's a very big difference a lot of times, you know, certainly I can speak for myself, I thought I needed to fix myself and my family. And when I came back, I didn't have to fix them or me. And so, so you just become more available to be present with where your family members are, where your friends are, not trying to change them, but able to listen and be empathic and, and be responsive. It, it's a very different dynamic that gets that gets going, and then when people are interested, you know, in how you learn these things, then you can kind of, you know, give them a little appetizer here and there and just say, well, there's this, it's possible, or what are you looking for? It's a whole different way of listening and being.
2: Well, and also, you send a letter out to the family ahead of time mm-hmm. telling them that their family member is going to be doing this kind of process. hmm
3: Yes, and and, and, and letting them know that if they want to talk to us about what to expect, we give them some in our letter. It's a couple-page letter, what to expect. And uh, Mm. they've changed a lot, and to try to have the eyes to see that. I wanted to share briefly, though, my own personal experience. When I came back from the Hoffman process, I noticed that I was so much more aware of my wife that I stopped doing any number of things, behaviors that I used to do. Mm. Arguments I used to have were not interesting to me anymore. I did so many fewer things to provoke her, and Mm. then if I did do something that was provocative that I that I didn't mean, I would apologize. I would say, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And the other thing is that (laughs) when she did things that used to sort of trigger me, I sort of like I had to pinch myself because I wasn't getting triggered anymore. (laughs) And so the the consequence of my getting triggered a whole lot less. My not doing things that triggered her and my willingness to apologize when I got triggered and to not condemn her when she triggered me. I mean, it just, the noise level went down a lot. And then when she did the hopper process, it went down again. And so I like to say that probably 80% of the noise in our relationship went down and we had the tools to deal with the other 20%. So Mm. it's like that.
2: Mm, That's amazing. Mm. Mary, your comments about that.
5: Yes, I, when, I, when I went home, um, as I mentioned, I was just in a place of, of acceptance and openness. That's the big thing that really happens. You no longer have to protect yourself, defend yourself, because you feel that strength inside to be open mm-hmm. and available. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful to be available to, to emotionally. Say who you it's are and, and be in
2: touch with your feelings. And don't you think so many of us, Hide our feelings, or we, we fight yeah. with ourselves. I remember before the process, I'd fight with myself. Oh, I really don't feel that. Oh, but I should. But I shouldn't. But I really. Where now, this is how I feel, and I'm not fighting with that feeling. That's
3: right. Well said. That's
2: very well said. <laughs>
3: yeah. 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 And you recognize your feeling when you when you when you accept your feelings. You're you know you can accept yourself. Feelings are not when we resist them, they persist. When we accept them and welcome them, they move like clouds move across yeah. the sky. And, and then something, you know, you see it in a little child. A child can be upset and 30 seconds later be laughing. Okay. Emotions, well, just when we're not resisting them, they flow.
2: Although I think that when you sit and feel pain, that it's, it's tough. To really sit, you know, when you have that feeling, that pain that's almost in your body, or uh, when that's happened to me, and, and uh, it does move through me, but I find it's, it's difficult. I mean, I, to be honest, I sometimes understand when people go to other behaviors because they don't want to feel that because it's not a pleasant feeling.
3: Well, if you're willing, well, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you that all, feeling, all emotions and feelings are pleasant or mm-hmm. easy. They're not. But, uh, but if you're not willing to experience them, as most of us are with things we don't want to experience, then we're trying to hold them down. and You know, I like to tell people, uh, don't worry, you're not the person you're pretending not to be. You know, <laughs> there's a part of us that we're trying to pretend we're not. You know, if you, if, if you are, if I'm trying to pretend that, if I'm underneath it all an angry guy, and I'm trying to pretend that I'm not angry, then, I mean, I'm fake. Mm-hmm. And if I'm angry, I'm just going to push everyone away. So if I deal with my own anger... That may not always feel good to me, mm-hmm. but my life is going to work better. Yeah,
2: more authentic. All right, closing thoughts. Mary, what would you like people to get from uh, from today's interview and from the whole idea of the Hoffman process really helping us to change our patterns?
5: Yes, I, what I'd like, like everyone to know is that it is possible to have deep, abiding love, and it starts with yourself, and that this, this work actually moves you to a place where you find that your heart can be open to yourself, and that it is so much simpler to be, you know, open and, and, and filled with, you know, your own heart uh, with other people. And you can live your vision as you do this work. Thank you. Naraz?
3: Well, I like people to know that unconditional love is the and compassion are the most powerful forces in the entire universe, and that you have um, a an infinite reservoir inside your heart, and um, you can get access to that, and you can live a much, much more loving and therefore happier, peaceful, joyful life than than you ever imagined is possible.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And we, you know, we've got forty two years of experience doing it we got the university research, and we've got <laughs> tens of thousands of graduates around the world who, who can uh, test. How many
2: people that. have been to the program?
3: About 75,000 worldwide.
2: Wow. And you have this in all countries, many countries? Well,
3: not all countries, but in a dozen countries, yeah.
2: Isn't that amazing? And how can people find out more?
3: Um, just go on our oh. website, and that's just Hoffman, you know, www.hoffmaninstitute.org, hoffmaninstitute.org. If you go to Hoffman com, that's sort of a, um, a site that will take you to any of the centers around the world, uh, to their websites, but the .org site takes you to the U.S. center.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you both so much for being on the program. Oh, it's a pleasure. Wonderful to be with you. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Stay on the line. My guests have been Raz and Grazi, president and CEO of the Hoffman Institute, and Mary Arden, teacher at the Hoffman Institute. Log on to hoffmaninstitute.org. You've been listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Remember, folks, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next week. I'm Patricia Raskin. Have a great Monday and a great week. Bye for now.